Modern Macho. This is your host Juan Carlos, and I'm here with my boy Santi. Hey, what's up, everybody? We're here for all the gentlemen that are trying to grow, that are tired of the dick measuring contests, that are maybe lost along the way, want to do something different, but they don't know how, they don't know where they're at, and so we're we're here sharing our story as we do the same, and uh, you know, try to have constructive conversations with other men, great men that that we've met along this journey that we think, if not our stories, but their stories can. Uh, can resonate with some of us and maybe kind of encourage us and push us towards that, that journey of growth. So welcome. If you're a, you know, if you're a new listener and if you're back, then um, welcome back again. How you doing, bro? Chilling, bro. Uh, I feel like it's been a minute since we've recorded. And so, you know, yes. I don't see any explanations owed either. So, so you know, uh, but dude, I feel like I've had a good week so far. I feel like I've been on a, Definite. Uh, maybe it's my audiobooks, but I feel like mm. you know I, I I'm kind of uh, in terms of just you know being able to be as present as possible and just like have an optimistic point of view. Overall, pretty good. So, uh, so I think even more so uh, that we have a very special guest today. Um, yes, sir. You know, uh, I you know I feel like Yancy, my my boy Yancy here. Uh, you you you've been such a, a great addition to our, our our meetings on Thursdays. You've honestly like, <clears throat> I mean, everyone stands out. But for you for you, I think the reason why you stand out amongst this group for me has definitely been, uh, like that you you show this sense of compassion that is very rare in other men. That I've you know, and I don't know that I've ever. I feel like I've probably felt that type of compassion amongst other men but it's been in very limited fashion and so um so you do you've been such a great addition to the team and we're just so excited to to have you here with us man so so i mean welcome to the podcast i like i mean what what's the first question we ask we usually just ask like you know kind of introduce yourself to yeah everybody. let us I know like who you I are know, i know so much about you but i feel like the people know know very little about you i mean you know they don't probably don't know you at all but but what do you do? What do you do these days? Well, man, uh, first of all, thank you very much. Uh, this is the first time I'm ever in a situation like this, and I'm pumped up. I, I, I can't, I can't uh, express how happy I am that is with you guys. Um, so my name is Yancy. I'm, I'm here from uh, I live in Bell Gardens. Uh, I've been part of your your wonderful movement for I'd say roughly three months, and uh, it's been life changing. And I'm gonna go out on a limb and say life changing. It is something that was much needed. Um, and uh, it, it's just, I can't, I can't stress it enough. I'm very, very grateful. I want to begin by saying that. Uh, and thank you for the kind words. Um, you know, man, I'm just living my life right now in, 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 uh, during this pandemic. Um, I sell masks. I sell masks. And I have, I've had the great opportunity to, and I've been selling since uh, March out on the streets, uh, selling boutique style masks. And um, it's become bigger than that. I've gotten to know the stories of at this point thousands upon thousands of people i've uh i haven't quarantined once and i don't know if i should feel guilty about saying that but um i'm not gonna i i've been out 
amongst the people and I've heard every bit um, that you can hear under the sun between the spectrum and uh, I've had the great fortune of being out but I definitely have heard the good the bad and uh, I'm, I'm certain that that's gonna mold me uh, once this is all over so but one of the great highlights of this is meeting you guys so I'm happy to be here man now we're happy we're happy to have you man we're, we're very grateful that that you're here with us um you know I I something very interesting to me especially when we came to the the circles is we're all kind of getting to know each other and similar to Santi you know I think if it, you have this this very loving atmosphere and environment about you that is just very welcoming and I'm very grateful and I've really appreciated that especially in a place where as much as you know, yeah, I'm trying to create, we're trying to create a safe place. You know, it, it, if to me seemed that something was for you was so effortless and I really admired that. And I like very inspired by that. And, you know, I remember the first time discussing, you just kind of jumping right into it. At some point you mentioned, you know, your addictions, right. And, and, and all these things that you had gone through that to be completely honest with you threw me off like completely threw me off and i think that that's important too because i think sometimes it's very intimidating one man to another to feel like in this case you know i think it, it can be natural sometimes even to compare right to get stuck in the comparing mindset and as a man like sometimes admiring you so much but also thinking like damn yancy's a good dude so but he's just a good dude. We could never get there. And I think something very important to that, that we stay very true to that I admire a lot is just the level of transparency about the struggles, right? The times when we weren't good dudes, the times where we were lost and going through a lot of stuff. And so I just kind of wanted to open the door with asking you, I mean, what, what's, uh, what's your journey been, you know, has this always been as, as nice and smooth and peaceful as I hear you now? I mean, what, what, what is Yancey about? And, and, you know, what kind of things was he lost along the way? Well, yeah, look, looking back now, uh, and you mentioned my addiction. Yeah, I was on, uh, on, uh, am I allowed to say the, yeah, what kind of drug I was on? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I was, uh, I was on meth. I allowed meth to, um, I, I allowed meth to destroy me or I allowed meth to allow me to destroy myself for 11 years. And, um, from roughly 2007 to about 2007, um, to, I mean, till to, to, to 2017. And um, so that's just a little foreshadowing. Um, you, you guys mentioned so kindly how, how, um, how I've been able to be open. Uh, the truth is, I have been that way since I was a child. I, and I know this because I knew I always was marginalized for that, especially with my uh, very machista um, family that I have. My, we have a huge, huge family. My mother has 16 brothers and sisters. I have 48 first cousins, uh, most of them men. And so I, I'm right in the middle somewhere. And, you know, I have older cousins who, who definitely, you know, allowed, um, well, they, they, they made me feel like I was um, not in the right. Surely they love me, but when I be open and uh, expressive, Ever since I was a kid, um, I noticed that it was something that made me feel uncomfortable, even though it was the only way I knew how to be. I always pat people on the back. I always try to encourage my, 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 my friends uh, in their darkest times. I try to be there in ways that I guess were weird. To me, they weren't. Um, and I have to attribute it a lot to the fact that, and I know you guys have heard me mention this before, 
but I feel like I have the greatest mother on this earth, you know, and mm. um, a single mother, single mother. Let me add that. She raised a single for uh, 11 years, which are very formative years. And she worked her butt off. And, and one thing she never wavered in, uh, not only her work ethic, but the love that she gave. So I knew nothing more. I knew nothing more. Some people, including family, say that that was uh, something that may have hurt me. She was, uh, she was too coddling. She was too uh, protective. She didn't let me out with the wolves. But I think, I think she did. I think she was constantly working. So, um, so I was like that all my life. And then, and then came the drugs. Um, again, I mentioned I was on methamphetamine for 11 years. And uh, uh, it made me a monster. It made me this absolute monster who... Uh, who till this day, I haven't been able to revisit because it's so bad. You know, I'm barely going on five years and um, I can't, I can't put it any other way. That, that That's a horrible way to live. And uh, I destroyed everything, including my mother. And, but even still during those times when I wasn't being a monster, even though I was under the influence um, I've shared with you guys this before, I was on the streets pretty much just causing a ruckus. But what saved me was this ability to open up and, in my case, meeting these lost souls, these hard criminals, these even murderers, I'm sure, just the hardest of the hard and, and reaching out to them in a way that I only knew how. And and uh, I've been told that that's what saved me from not getting hurt out there. And uh, it's not something I want to test my luck with again, obviously. But um, now moving on to now, uh, it is only now that I'm starting to see that it's something that, uh, that I'm living with more comfortably. I, I feel better about it's like opening up to the world. Finally, uh, I call it, it's like an equivalent of opening up, uh, in, in a way where, you know, I think at some point those who are fortunate can open up, uh, whether it's, um, in any realm, you know, just breaking free, uh, from shyness, uh, sexuality for people that come out, uh, um, uh, in all regards, just, I just feel this liberation and, uh, you guys are just, seeing the the comfortable me this was something that it took a while and uh now that i'm off the dope uh, i definitely am, am am more of a a free flowing river uh that i wasn't before so to speak so uh, i still have uh i still have some issues with it it's, it's not always easy but uh, i'll tell you what i'm living so much more freely and, and more at ease i feel lighter if that makes any that. sense. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, I like that visualization of the flowing river because it always reminds me about like how clear are your chakras and like how much how much are you able to flow positive energy through you and, and let it keep flowing within you, right? Um, but anywho, you talk about um you talk about your childhood and you talked about like um you know that you've always kind of had this compassion in you. You you've always seemed to have um you know, been comfortable in that limelight, right? And so, I mean, could you expand a little bit more about that childhood and what it was like for you to have this perspective at such a young age and be challenged so much by these folks who, I mean, I wanted to say outsiders, but they're fucking family, you know what I mean? And 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 I feel like a lot of our values are built upon what family teaches us, yet you seem to have rebelled in a sense right um even to this day i mean maybe not so much as you were young but what was that like and what was that like for you to as a child reflect on this type of turbulence that you're receiving from folks and then 
compare it to the type of loving that you are receiving from your mother? Like, what was that like for you? Well, it's just, uh, again, I, it's looking back now that, that things are, that the dawn, that the light is, you know, being turned on. I, I remember clearly, clearly, um, I have family in Mexicali and they're a group of hardworking individuals, poor, and they've made their wealth now through, through hard work. And I saw, I saw it being built. And, um, I remember I wasn't, according to them, apt for working in the, they had a, they had a, um, a lot where they dealt with wood, just all kinds of wood, madera. And, um, I remember one time, uh, I bent over to pick up some wood and my cousin said, and, and I'll never forget that those were his words and it hurt me. It hurt me. And uh, I, I, I couldn't cry, but I wanted to. And, um, I just, they noticed I was sad. And when we went to eat, my aunt knew that I was uh, sad, their mom. And, um, when, uh, everybody left, she, she, she asked me what was wrong. And, and, uh, and I, and I said, uh, and she said, well, what's wrong? And I told her that little story and she told me, well, why don't you tell him something? Why don't you punch him in the face or something? Why, you know, you know, as a concerned aunt would, I guess. And I said, no, you know, I love my cousin Juanjo. And, um, and, and right there, she said, you know, I wish my, my kids were like you. And I was, I was 11 years old. It was 1988. You guys were probably, probably not even born, but she said, don't you worry. I, w I wish my kids were like you. You're very loving. You, 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 um, and I always kissed my aunt and I still do to this day. And, and I noticed now that some of my cousins, they don't do that. They love their mother, but, and I love my cousins, but like, they won't kiss their moms. And, and, uh, I go and I give them flowers and I hug my aunts. And after every meal in the morning, at night, it just, I bombard them with like, with, with affection. And, uh, to this day, you know, I, I, I think they feel that way. So, uh, and then there was moments where I did end up crying that's and that's a big issue because you know i had no other no other uh, avenue to 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 let my frustrations out you know it got so overwhelming because i was i felt i was me against everyone else because uh a quick backstory my mother of 16 brothers and sisters she's the only one that came here to the u.s everybody if we wanted to be with family it was it had to be in mexico and it was just me mm. and my sister and so i was always me against them my sister was a female so she can do it all the crying she wants but i did notice that i didn't know how to navigate some of the um carcajadas that were going on some of the um the ambiente the the gatherings for example uh i remember i'd be maybe it was their jealousy because i was over here i don't know but i remember i was bombarded and, and i felt like just i was sinking into the wall i didn't know what to say or how to defend myself but um in the end i just i always end up one forgiving them we'd be off playing and uh um, and again, it all would resort, it would all go back to my aunts telling me, you know, not to worry that, uh, I'm a good kid and that they wish their kids were like me. And it wasn't just with one aunt, it was multiple aunts till this, till this day. Um, and so again, I, I have to give it all up to my mother. I, I think if I would have had a father present, things would have been different. So as crazy as this sounds and maybe uh, extreme, or maybe this is how I justify not having a father being okay with it because I don't think I would have developed in the way that I have. And I think ultimately um, it's going to serve a greater good. I feel, and I feel it has, you know, I, uh, I really do feel it has. So again, I always, I'm going to throw it all to my mother all the time, but those are the, those are the kind of things I went through as a kid, you know? And then one last thing, I mean, I have many, but I'm going to throw you one more. Um, I remember uh, I was in fifth grade. 
and we had a uh, book reports to do. Um, and I didn't do a book report. I didn't do a book report. So I made one up. I made one up and I basically told a story about, it was a story about me and, and my mother. And I told a story of, yeah, it was a story. I, I really don't know what the story was, but I just remember that the teacher was crying and, and she, I think she even had to walk out. And, uh, at that point I knew that, that dang, I have this thing where I have to kind of hone in on and, and, and be careful with, because, uh, it, it, it could, if not used properly, it could, it could, it could go the wrong way. Cause essentially I was lying, but I just right. used my, right. I just used my vulnerability. I stole, I told a story from the heart. It wasn't a book, but I just, I just knew right then and there. And I had to talk with the teacher. Her name was Miss Sacco in fifth grade. And, um, yeah, she just told me that I moved her and that my words were just free flowing. And I don't know if she knew that I was lying or not, but well, I passed. And uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a very touching moment, very pivotal. So, yeah, I'm sure yeah. I'm sure just the, the the just being so authentic, you know, regardless, I think of whether it was a book or not. Like, I think that that can be very touching and it resonates. And I think that's some of us, unfortunately, like I know myself had maybe moments of feeling like I could, I could move a mountain and, and you unfortunately like took advantage of that, you know? And I was, yeah. I was very manipulative when it came to a lot of things like that, you know? Um, I was gonna, I was gonna ask um, kind of going, not so much ask, but just like, I just find it interesting. Like you were talking, like you're mentioning about your dad. And as I was listening, I was thinking a lot about, you know, how much we praise our mothers. Right. And how, like, really, I think as we, as we discuss more and more this whole mindset of men and even as fathers and like the shit that we're trying to change, um, just how we praise our women so much and how I, I really do. Like I've had to acknowledge that like they've had to put up with a lot of our shit, you know, like they've been, I almost feel like I, the credit goes to them for giving us this nurturing, lovable, you know, um, uh, attitude, perspective, feeling, yet at the same time, they get the short end of the stick later on, you know, from some of us when it comes to relationships, yada, yada, yada. And, and I, as I'm listening, I'm thinking like, damn, like, this is why for me, it's so important, like moving forward as men, like, you know, I do think that the mother's role is very important, but like, as men, we could still be nurturing, we can still be loving, we can still do that. And, and I guess, just to put into perspective, even how, how much that is ingrained in us. I mean, you brought it up yourself, Yancey, is like, I almost think it was better not having a man around. And the sad truth is like, damn, like that's where we're at, man. That's where we're at right now. That unfortunately, like us not getting our shit together almost feels like it's better, you know? And, and I know everybody's situation is different, but just like the goal as at least I feel like for me is almost like we can't, as we've discussed, we can't go into the past. Like, and none of that can necessarily like define us right but but i just feel like moving forward like man like we gotta we really have to continue to do the good work in order to you know to not only be fathers that are present but that are like loving you know that have that kind of um you know that nurturing environment that i think we can provide as well that it doesn't have to come from a woman and it doesn't make us any less of men in doing it you know i agree completely absolutely that's very well said um, I, I want to just also be clear, if I may, um, I, I was careful to mention the word justification in, in explaining how 
maybe me not having a father was the best thing for me. Um, I am still all for, I would love it. Ideally, I'm a romantic in that. I believe children should be raised by their mother and father. That, that, that's a beautiful thing. And, and at this point, it's sad that it's a romantic idea because of all the separations that take place. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely, I feel that women do. I, I feel like it doesn't change. Like they get the, a, a bad end of the stick. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And, um, and, and it's terrible. Um, and I don't know if in my lifetime I'll see it any different. Uh, I have hope that there'll be, that we'll, that we're going to see better men, but at what pace, how rapidly, I, I don't know. Uh, and, and I just, I do want to see parents together, um, more than anything in this world. Um, and, but, if, but if I could go back and, and, and I'm not going to deny that I would maybe knowing what I know now, it's, it's just, it's a blurred line, but I would, I would love to go back and, and, and see if my father would want to be part of my life. And as I've mentioned to you guys before, I, I'm still, I'm still willing and able to, to be friends with him, you know, but uh, he has chosen not to. And uh, I'm okay. I'm okay now, but I worry about all those souls who aren't okay. Uh, Cause I've seen them. I've talked to him. You have too. Santi has too. Um, it's a concerning uh, idea that there's people out there who don't recover, who sink. And uh, thankfully I didn't. Uh, I don't even attribute the drugs to not having a father at all. Uh, I attribute that to just foolishness. I was a piece of crap. And I've told you guys this before selfishness. I don't, I don't blame anything of that on, ha on not having a father. I'm sure there was a contributing factor, but I'm going to say it's a trace amount, but in the end, yeah, I just, uh, I encourage the man, man, to, to let, let's, let's pick it up. Let's yeah. Definitely pick it up. Yeah. No, that's a great point. I mean, and, and I, and I love that, man. I respect that a lot because, you know, you're, you're talking about accountability here where you're saying yeah. that, you know, we're looking at some of the things that have shaped us. Right. And, and it brings up the word victim. And I kind of wanted to get into that a little bit because Santi and I kind of had this discussion earlier this week that I think was a great point. And I think it ties perfectly into what we're discussing, especially going into the drugs, going into the mistakes that we will made, things like that. And, <clears throat> and so uh, we were asked, you know, in this case, it was brought up because I said that I hate using the word victim. I hate saying that I was a victim of something. Right. And so I was challenged with the question, okay, so would you rather be the perpetrator every time? You know, and, and, and it just kind of put into perspective. And I think something I kind of agreed on it where, especially when it comes to men, there's almost more of an acceptance of the perpetrator than there is of the victim, right? Because if you're the victim, it's like, well, you're a bitch. Like you, you became soft because of these things, which is, I think, essentially where I'm at right now. Where I'm like, I'm accepting that these things kind of shaped me and have made me the person that I am. And I'm I'm ultimately in control, you know. But the other side of me that was very toxic, that was very much manipulating, doing all these dumb things and, you know, sleeping around, stuff like that. Like in a way that's that was very acceptable, very much glorified, you know. And so I, I guess like I the, the reason I bring that up is just like asking you are you okay with being the victim with all everything that's happened in your life in order to, to be at the place that you're at now? Like, have you made peace with those things enough or do you feel like you still carry weight from all of that? Well, the truth is I'm like you. Um, I'm like you now. I mean, um, that, that's a great point. I don't, I know there's victims, 
but I certainly wasn't one of them. You know, mm. I was a I was a victim to my own to my own auto destruction. I mm. did this myself. I um, let me let me bring this up real quick. I I have um, especially early on in 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 my sobriety from drugs was I was finding that people who love me, especially people who love me, they say, Yancy, uh, when I when I couldn't forgive myself, and I still I'm having trouble forgiving myself, but they say it wasn't you. It was the drugs. It was a disease. And I thought, wow, you know, th that's right. It, it was a disease, right? Right. And then, and then when I went to bed at night and, and examined and, and, and thought about that, I just, I could not justify with, with the intelligence. I feel I have some intelligence um, that I've established for myself. And through that intelligence, I, I thought I was going to hone in on, on, a, on, on, on a justification of sorts again on, yeah, it was a disease. It, it wasn't my fault. It wasn't me, but that did not last long. And, and I do not want to offend any experts out there who, who, um, who can, who can teach me otherwise, but up un uh, until that happens, uh, I wasn't a victim. I wasn't diseased. I, it, it was my fault. I did this to myself. I saw my mother crying. I saw the woman who saved my life. Um, uh, the woman that I still love to this day, I, I saw her destroyed. I saw my sister in pain. I knew what I was stealing. I knew the things that I was doing were wrong. I knew all that stuff, but a, a, a nice little hit of the dope, that took it all away. So the only victim really was, was the people that I hurt. Um, and and so, so, so just like you, that word for me doesn't, um, doesn't necessarily bode well. It doesn't, and it certainly doesn't have any place in my situation. Um, some may say that I was a victim like many other victims of, of a father who, who had no intention of taking care of his children. That was a, a tough hand to be dealt. Um, I'm also not going to, to pretend like I'm hard all the way through there. There's still a soft spot in me that, that just wonders what could I have done wrong? What could my sister have done wrong for this man to not want his children? And, and I'd like to toot my own horn and say, I think he'd enjoy having me as a pal. I think he would certainly enjoy having my sister as a pal. So in that regard, we were victims at that point. But my mother swept that out the door and 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 she made sure that that we were not victims long. And uh, that's why I, I admire my mother so much. And I was lucky also to find I mentioned the woman that saved me. I, I want to protect her name for what it, just just think you never know who sees this. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. But all, all I'm going to say is. All I'm going to say is this, the avocado here. Uh, but this this woman was was a mirror image of my mother as well. And that's why I feel like it came out of it. And so, um, again, just to go back one last time, the only victim, the only victimization that I experienced was uh, not having my father. But uh, that was this little, this little. Otherwise, uh, I've been that perpetrator, but not so much in a good way, especially those 11 years. So but we're working on things. Right we're on. working on things. Yeah. You know, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm you. curious, kind of like moving. I mean, if we were, if I would be looking at your timeline, <clears throat> you talked a little bit about your childhood. Uh, I kind of want to ask you directly uh, what it was like for you to to start indulging into whatever it is that you indulged in, you know? Um, and I asked that because I feel like, um, and, you know, we all have addictions to some extent, but I feel like, especially in men, the one addiction that I see 
that is so fucking acceptable, that's so okay is alcohol, right? But then from that it can stem other things, you know what I mean? It could stem this, this or that, whatever. But like, for me, what fascinates, well, what does fascinate me is just how this indulgence, overindulgence, maybe compensation of some sort, like it runs rampant. Like even in myself, dude, like I fucking struggle so hard to stay away from drinking so much. You know what I mean? Even like, let's say a week challenge for me, it's like, uh, like, but I ask myself like, why? Like, you know, what the fuck? Is, I mean, it's obviously something and I feel like I've talked about it to some extent on this podcast, but I'm curious about for yourself who, you know, um, you, you, I mean, you mentioned, you, you know, you, you were into full-blown addiction. You're now reflecting like, like what, what is some, I mean, what would, the, what was that like for you? What, what do you feel is that you were running away from it? If anything, right. You know what? That's, um, uh, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I, I, I've reached, uh, I'm about to get five years in January and some would say that that's a significant amount of time. But what I've discovered is that I have yet to, to revisit that in an efficient way. And by that, I mean, uh, I'm trying to figure out what in the world, what led me to that. I mean, I was, um, I, I mean, I experimented with a bunch of stuff in my 20s and stuff, but it was drinking and smoking weed, which is pretty darn acceptable. I partied. People will know if, if anyone sees this that knows me that I, I was pretty wild. And but in 2007, I was I had a nice little career going. I was doing pretty I was working in TV and film. I, I was doing all right, you know, and I was having had a good life and. I've always had a good life and I just don't to this day, I don't know in eloquent terms uh, how to describe why I, I did what I did, why I ventured that way. So extreme. I don't know why. Um, like I said, love, um, uh, friends, work, uh, everything was superfluous. I had enough. My cup was overfilling with that. And just to give some clarity, um, in the end, toward my last days of the drug use, like in the last year, when I was doing like, when I was being taken to rehab by force, when I, when I went to rehab sometimes on my own, uh, or when I did court-ordered Narcotics Anonymous classes, toward the end when I was exhausted and I started actually listening to the people talking, um, I started to notice one, one theme, one common theme. And, and I'll give a very generous percentage, 90, 95% of the people that I heard on those podiums uh, speak, 95% of them had some pretty horrible hands dealt to them. Abusive parents, drug addict parents, some as extreme as being molested and raped, uh, abused, um, extreme, extreme uh, poverty, uh, kids in foster care, etc. cetera, the, these, these very tough hands. And you hear them speak and you almost justify or have a very soft place in your heart for them. And then there was that 5%. And again, I'm being very generous. I honestly think it's more like 99% of the bad things that I heard from people who, who ventured off into these lifestyles where you kind of say, okay, I understand, but I'm just being very generous on the numbers. And that 1% like myself, there was no reason. There was, there was no reason. You know, I, like I've mentioned a thousand times, I think already, my mother has been fantastic. Uh, I've had wonderful women in my life, uh, particularly, you know, the one that saved my life. Great friends. I continue to have great friends and you guys. Um, uh, opportunities galore. So uh, if I'm going to be completely honest, I still I still haven't 
dove in as as deep as I would like, um, or I just haven't figured out why. I just know that there was no rhyme or reason. I just did it. I thought you only live once, and that just that's how dangerous this is. It got me right away, and here I am in my 30s, going through something like that. You know, losing everything and. Um, but I promise, I promise if you guys will allow, that's one of my goals this year in this fifth year is to figure that out, um, with, with some more clarity and, and, and more thorough. And I give you my word that I, I am working on that, but right now I just, I have to say just stupidity, utter stupidity and selfishness. I, I, I think, and I, and I, and I, and I'll be honest and say that I think a lot of people will describe the same thing. You know what I mean? But that, that's what I got. And you know what, that, that, like, that brings up a great point because I think, you know, we're, we can be quick to judge, right? And we, I think sometimes we can also be very quick and to categorize everything, right? And like, it reminds me of when I was in, when I was in high school, I did this program where like, it was like a scared straight kind of like they picked uh, kids from the school had nothing to do with how good or bad you were. It was actually, I kind of got selected because the person that was running the program was, was a friend of mine. So what they did is they picked us up from school. They we supposedly died from like a drunk driver. So we disappeared for like a week. And then we went through like this little camp and then, Long story short, when we went to the prison, they sat us down and we talked to several of the people there. One of the guys that was in there for life um, actually told us his story and shared with us that basically this guy, uh, like 4.0 GPA, he was going to call. He's like, dude, I was at university. I was set. I had my grants, my scholarships, blah, blah, blah. One night I got drunk. My buddies got drunk. These guys came to our house and started shooting at our house. And then we decided I could bring out guns, blah, 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 blah. I killed somebody. And I remember him saying, like, you think it takes a certain type of life or a certain type of person to be in here? He goes, you're not that far away from this. And it reminds me of what you're saying. And I think it's so important because it's safe to say that when we think of an addiction, when we think of suffering or when we think sometimes I feel like that's why we're so oblivious. Right. Even to just tell our buddies like, hey, bro, like you're kind of being an alcoholic. You know, like you're fucking, you're not handling your shit. Like it's getting in hand. And and sometimes, you know, in our stubborn ways, it's like, oh no, like I'm not, you know, like, like I'm, my family's a healthy family. I'm handling my job. There's no way, like, I don't have a history of any of that stuff. There's no way I could ever be an alcoholic. And, and as you bring up, it's like, sometimes there is no answer. Sometimes it's just as simple as like, I mean, really any, I think anybody, like we're all not that far away from being just in, in a very sad situation, you know, I mean, the, real, the reality of is, is you could have like, I'm even, you know, obviously it's your journey and really there's no pressure to even figure it out. But like, I put myself and I think like, Yancey, you could have just been curious, bro, but it's so addicting that literally that's what took over your life. Just something as simple as that. Like you could have been having a great day and decided to try something that like, next thing you know, just, you know, it took over for the next 10 years or whatever. Like that's gnarly. That's gnarly to think about. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, that yeah. trips me out, man. That trips me out. And like I said, I, I'm glad you said that because, again, I, I mean, I want to keep being a dead horse. But, yeah, like it's quick to think that it takes some traumatic situation to be put, you know, in, in going down a rabbit hole. And, and sometimes it's really it really isn't. It isn't. No, it isn't. And, and uh, I... I um I definitely have 
a different perspective than, than most because I don't believe most people are on drugs, especially methamphetamine, with, which, by the way, I feel is honestly the worst drug um, around. It's nasty. It's destructive. It, it'll take everything from you. And uh, you mentioned something uh, about people who are, let's say, functional, just to use another word, and they think everything's all right. Um, that's and, and they may, maybe they are functional. And I think that's a danger. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. More functional because they're going to hit a wall. I thankfully wasn't functional. Um, I wasn't. I'm going to be. I'm going to be honest. I wasn't functional. I. I. I think my cognitive senses. It was strong enough to maintain uh, a, a decade. Or so. I know people, unfortunately, that that are still on it till this day, and not just methamphetamine, just other things that I think maybe they should be off of, but. Um, that, that being functional thing is dangerous because it just, it's a false, it's a false sense of security. And there's a lot of people among us uh, walking around that way. But thankfully, uh, and, and thankfully I, I wasn't, even though 11 years is a ton of time and I did lose everything up. Uh, I held on for a while because I, I, I stopped in patches, but uh, meth is, drugs are bad, but, but meth is just the devil. And uh, I hope, uh, I hope, this reaches someone out there that that needs to hear this so but i hear you man i hear you loud and clear yeah yeah no right on so i mean i i know i know we're on a time crunch um uh for this episode but before before we kind of like you know like i start kind of doing our exit um i want to i do want to ask you like you know uh, and you kind of mentioned your experience in, in being part of this movement project, however you want to call it. Like, what has that been like for you to, to um, you know, to be part of our groups? You know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just curious because I feel like, like, look, I, I just kind of want like, for me, in my perspective, the way I view the group, it's like, you, you're almost like that really close uncle that like, you just fucking like, you, I just trust you. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, and I feel most people have that respect towards you in the group. Like, you know, like when, when Yancy's talking, like, I feel like everyone's just kind of glued. At least I am, right? Yeah. Maybe that's just me. Uh, but like, what, what has it been for you to be part of this? And I know Carlos wants to fill in. Yeah, yeah. Because well, I want to, I want to add to that a little bit. Um, because that's what I'm, I like. That was my one question I wanted. I want to ask before was like bridging the gap, right? Like. Because I think, especially with what we're doing, man, like this is such a this is such a young millennial, like oh, they're just all up in their feelings thing. And while I don't see it that way, while I see so much good in all of this, like kind of tying it into Santi's question, you know, you've been clean for a while, right? And obviously, I, I'm this is all just on the surface, right? But I think it'd be safe to like sometimes. I guess I, I ask directly, like, why, Yancy? Like, you know, what I mean, like being where you're at, bro, you're already clean. Like, why go to something that could be seen because I think it's important that there are other men out there maybe that are going through similar shit. Like why at a point in your life still talk to, to like, you know, a 20 year old kid that's still trying to figure his life out. And, and yet like, because the group itself is so diverse, right? Like everyone's so different. Everyone is all over the place. Everyone ages everything and anything. And so tying it into Santi's question, I guess, like what's it been like and, and, and why, like why now? Well, let me just, um, First of all, the obvious is you guys are awesome. That's that's the obvious thing. <laughs> uh, you guys are absolutely awesome. And, and let me just uh, a, a little background. Um, I um, I've been very fortunate to to uh, 
to have been able since I can remember, regardless of, of who I was, how I was raised, I've been able, very able and 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 to, to have to have friends. And maybe a lot has to do with the fact that I could be so open and that I've been able to um, express and, and like we talked about at the beginning of this, uh, that has definitely uh, been advantageous to me in, in, in being able to develop many good bonds, many, many, many good bonds. People say, you often hear, if you got, if you have uh, five friends, just enough to fill every finger of your hand, you're the luckiest person on earth or something to that effect. Um, man, I, I have, I need so many more hands, you know, or I needed many, many more hands. Um, I've been very lucky. I was even described by one of my sister's friends, I'll never forget, she called me gregarious, like a grape. Um, and, and to some degree, that was, uh, that was one of my downfalls because I, especially when I got on drugs, I wasn't able to, to be there as I was without the drugs for all these people who, who I loved and loved me back and who just wanted me to be good in life. And so I started, the dominoes started to fall and I started to let down this large group of friends that I had and I had a ton. And so with that being said, once, when I, when I say I lost everything, I lost everybody. That was the biggest asset that I had most valuable people in my life um the only people that stuck by me and deservedly so was my mother my sister and this wonderful woman that i love to this day and i'll never stop loving um but everyone else rightfully so had to go it was they didn't need this drama they had families of their own uh, i was not a good example and so as i've come out of this um essentially without friends or without the abundance of friends that i had um I told myself that I'm going to, at some point, build friendships again. I'm going to have fellowship with, with, with guys, you know, and have friends. And that's what the modern macho has become. That it broke a, a, a barrier, a wall that I needed to break that I thought was never going to uh, be broken again. Because you think negative sometimes. And that wall is a wall to, to a world of, of, of good relationships, good bonds. And I said, will I ever have friends again? Will I ever have homeboys? Will I ever have guys I can chat with and, and uh, you know, hear them out, have them have me hear them out. And so, as you know, Matt brought me in. Uh, he was my only friend that I took with from this job we had. And I thought, hey, I got myself a friend here. And then it just, it seemed to have snowballed now with Modern Macho. And when he invited me over, I'm gonna be honest. I said, you know what, this is a chance. And I just had a feeling, I, I thought many things could have happened. I thought I'm going to be on some Zoom call with a bunch that are just, you know, want to party. That was my fear because I definitely do not need to be around any parties at the moment. Uh, I thought I was going to be completely detached because we had such difference in age gaps. I'm 43 years old. I'm happy to say that. I'm lucky to, to, to be 43. I feel 20, that's for sure. <laughs> and... You guys have definitely, I, I say it all the time in, in Modern Mantra, you guys have exceeded my expectations because the brains that exist in this group, the hearts that beat in this group, um, they definitely penetrate me in, in, in the most profound way, in the most loving ways. And uh, so I could not have asked for anything more. I feel that we have this camaraderie. I, I feel um, that I'm being prepared 
to reconnect with a lot of people that I need to make amends with. And not as part of a 12-step program uh, and nothing against the 12-step program. I mean that from, from the bottom of my heart. It just wasn't my path, but I use that uh, word amend because I have a lot of bridges to 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 rebuild with people that I love. And, and, and as, as wild as this sounds, through the modern macho, uh, I feel this kaleidoscope of paths being lit up for me that I will walk one by one as long as I have, as long as I'm given the, the light of day by God, that I will get to um, to make amends and to reconnect with people that I absolutely must have in my life again. And 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 I, that kaleidoscope starts right here with modern macho. Do you know what I mean? It just it's going to open up through this. So so I'm ever grateful. I'm indebted to you guys. And um, like I said. I'm not going to deny that I didn't know what to expect at first, but then I just went in. I go, I have a, I have a good feeling. I even even Matt went first, my boy, the guy I'm talking to. Uh, he went first, and I guess in a way I feel he was screening it for me. I don't know. That's the way I'm putting it out of my head, but but it worked like a charm, guy and guys, and I and I have a lot of love for you guys, and and I hope this is uh, something that I ride into the sunset with. You know that that this is a bond that we have. Um, well, we're all old men, man, doing this. And, and I can't thank you guys enough. I, and I hope that I could go on and on and on, believe me. Uh, but I hope that answers your question to some degree, man. I got, yeah, I'll never forget this, uh, this experience with you guys. And I just hope it just grows. So. Yeah, man, for sure. And I just want to fucking set it in stone right here by recording it. Like, I, I feel you're definitely a big piece as to why I feel like, all this is already a success, you know, because I think me and Carlos have been able to, to at least lay down like some sort of foundation where you all like people were able to also come and help in laying down that foundation. But more than like laying the foundation down, we were looking for people to come and like see that it's there and help us, you know? And so by having you and all the guys around, I think it's, uh, it's a testament to, I think our, what we had envisioned for this and I think we're like, you know, even now, like, you know, I think this is, this was a huge accomplishment for us, you know, to be able to build this so organically small, but mighty, you know what I mean? And I think that's really, uh, that's what we were shooting for, you know, and, and I, and, you know, we're going to continue doing what we do, but, but you all, I think have provided us such a, a strong base of validation in knowing that like, you know, we're, we're, we're fighting the good fight. Right. So uh, this, I'm telling you, man, and, and I feel this is just the beginning. Uh, I really, um, I'm here to follow the lead. I'm here to be part of it. And, and uh, I hope people are listening and that they want to be part of it. And, um, but they got to come with it, man. Cause I'm telling you, there's, there's, there's too many brains here. <laughs> yeah. uh, if, if, you, if you think you're going to come here and bro it up, uh, not quite, not quite. There's definitely a lot more going on. There'll be throw it up moments, but, um, but I definitely, uh, I definitely, I, I'm excited. And, and I, I, again, I will always say it. I can't thank you enough guys. And, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm honored and you guys are helping me out more than, than I could even put into words. So I, I thank you very, very, very much. No, man, we thank you, man. Rhodes. I'm, I mean, I, I feel honored and humbled just to be able to be sharing this journey, you know, and, and to be able to be a part of yours and to have you in mind, 
you know, that's me t- speaking to you directly, dude. I mean, I, I, I find that to be amazing. And, and just like Santi said to me, that's, that's the success already, you know, and just to be able to continue to do that moving forward. Um, you know, just real quick, like you brought up the whole 12 steps, right. And how, like, I just want to reiterate to our listeners, like we're not professionals, you know, and I think that that's the biggest focus that Santi and I had said from the beginning is that there's this element of you go to a professional and they know what's best for you and they know what's right for you. And I will tell you right now, we don't know what's right for you. We don't know what's best for you. And I think that's what, to me, makes this place so safe is that everyone's just trying to figure their own things out and we're all just kind of trying to vibe and resonate with each other. It's not a place of, you know, again, a 12-step program. And I think I resonate with that because it's kind of how it felt like when I went to therapy, which I'm so grateful for therapy and therapy did what it needed to do. But I know there was a lot of sessions with certain therapists where it felt very like, I know what you need to do, just do this and you're going to be fine. And it's kind of like, well, I don't know about all that. You know what I mean? Like you don't really actually this isn't really applying to who I am. And so to find people that feel the same way about that for me, that's, that's all I needed. I just needed to resonate to know that there's guys that are going through stuff too. that can vibe with. And so it's been nice, even, you know, bridging that gap between ages and realizing like, no matter how much we might be different, whether it's music, whether it's fashion, whether it's, you know, lifestyles, childhoods, whatever it is, like we connect in this one thing of just wanting to become better. Right. And to be able to share that with each other. Like I say it all the time, something I opened the door, but nobody came in. If nobody fucking decided to join us on this, on this little thing, like it's nothing, it's nothing. So like my gratitude and my appreciation goes out to you and to the rest of those guys in the social hour and the people that join us, because it, it really doesn't go anywhere without the help of you guys. And not only for, for, the group itself, but even for me personally, this has really been something that continues to be like a very important part, you know, of, of now my life, you know? And so I, I, I'm very grateful for you, Yancy. I really hope that, you know, we can do this again because I feel like we just barely scratched a little bit of the surface of the real good conversations that we have, you know, just to be able to really sit down and focus and talk for shoot an hour, hour and a half, whatever it may be, you know, and, 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 and continue going. I don't think there's enough conversations that we have love to in fact I, I hate that i have to cut it off so short but uh please um let me know i would love to and and i and, and, and i apologize if i wasn't as polished but i came out on the fly off, off the cuff you know what as i mean it sh- as it should as it should no man nothing to apologize for we love, we love that you're being you. Um, we lost you there for a little bit, but we love that you're being you and, and, you know, being genuine and keeping it raw. Like that's what this whole thing is about, man. We're just documenting it. So, you know, there's no right or wrong and, you know, everything's valid. Thank you very much, guys. Very well. Well, fucking, that's all I got too, man. Thanks for coming on. And, you know, I guess until next time. Tierra de mi gente hermosa, Señora, macho,